following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Let me say something else, too, about Mo Pat. Mo has done it all. I mean, he's covered the Titans. He's covered the Vols. He's done high school. He's a fantastic writer and is now actually hosting a talk show every day in Columbia that is outstanding. I said no. Sarah says it has to happen. I'm not going to win that battle. No. But I can tell you that. I'm surprised she even asked you. I, I brought it up. Oh, you brought it I up. Said, I said, we're not now, doing Now, why that. did you open that door if you didn't want it to be there? I said, we're not doing Elf on the Shelf, right? And she goes, oh, we're definitely doing Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> Who okay. should have been number one on I'm you? not asking you. I, I'm, I'm telling you that Georgia shouldn't have been, and they shouldn't be in the playoff. I would take Notre Dame that, in the playoff you over know, Georgia You know what? Right That's a conversation not even worth having. From preps to pros and everything in between, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Live from the Lee Company Studio with the Hall of Famer Mo Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mo, one point seven million in Little Richard's Moore County home can be yours. Wow! And if you will. You know, if you're if you're if you're out there and you're looking for an agent, choosy buyers choose Chip. You know, when <laughs> when, when when you said one point seven million dollars in Little Richard's Moore County home could be yours, the correct response to that would have been "Shut up!" <laughs> but I missed it, so um, that's good. My bad. Oh man, welcome back in. We are. Looking forward to a great second half of the show. And we get a chance to talk about a couple of hoop matchups coming up in the next few days. And if you're not doing anything around 1 o'clock on Friday or Monday, boy, have we got a deal for you. Columbia State will be playing in a couple of what you call businessman specials here it's a a baseball yeah but yeah and and i guess it's a little sexist it might should be business persons specials and you know these days (laughs) maybe but columbia state will be taking part they will be at central tomorrow at one o'clock and at columbia academy at one o'clock on monday and leading the team will be of course Head coach Winston Neal, who joins us now. Coach, welcome in. Thanks for taking some time with us. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. First of all, Coach, speaking of baseball, I don't know that we've spoken to you since the events of of mid-October. I know you're in Atlanta. Probably. Uh, and, and oh, Atlanta. Huge, huge, huge Atlanta Braves fan. Yeah. Lifelong so Atlanta like Braves fan. There you uh, go. Uh, uh, Dale Murphy, oh man, uh, Dale Murphy, Terry Pendleton, uh, Maddox, Glavin, Smolty, the whole nine yards. Huge, huge Braves fan. So I cannot tell you how happy I am that we won. So yes, I, I wear my Atlanta stuff very proudly. There we go. We do too. There we go. Uh, we are as of, as of right now, actually. Um, <laughs> coach, you guys are playing Friday against, um, 
Western Kentucky Community and Technical College out of Paducah. Is that's the one o'clock yes, game? Sir. That's the one o'clock game Friday at Columbia Central. You're playing yes, sir. at uh, at Central. And yep. then on Monday at one o'clock, you're playing Southeast Missouri Prep at Columbia Academy. And I know that you've played some of these midday games around this time of year from time to time over the course of your career here at Columbia State. I think you played up at Centennial once against some um, Birmingham Southern's Junior Varsity. But what what do you feel like the the gain is for this at overall? This, this is for me. It was it was big for me when I took the job. Uh, I think it's seven years now, um, seven years ago, was to reach out to the community, to be active in the community. And one of the things is, you know, and that's that's what we're doing. This is a community game. We're going up, or I should say, community game. Uh, we want to go out. We want to reach out to the community. We want to play in the community, uh, particularly these high schools, uh, mainly because these are future Columbia State Chargers. Uh, not necessarily on the basketball court either. Uh, you know, we're, we're we're recruiting multiple kids from both both schools, but uh, you know, the, the big thing is we want to give back to the community because these are the young men and women that are coming and they'll be our freshman class in the next three, four, five years. And that is big for us is to put Columbia State on their radar and say, hey, look, come come to college here, whether you play a sport or not a sport. Come to school here. We're a great community college. Uh, you can get your two-year degree here and then move on to Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Belmont, Lipscomb. Uh, you know, we're, we just want to get the word out that, hey, Columbia State is here. We're open. We're back on campus. We want everybody uh, in the community to come to Columbia State once they graduate high school. You know, when you are building that fan base within these schools, I, I know, I guess it was Last year, maybe year before, I'm not sure when they played at Spring, Spring Hill, Hill Middle. That's right. That was a lot of fun, and I enjoyed watching that game. And nobody got a chance to see you guys last year, so this is an opportunity to kind of re, you know reintroduce your team to this community after not being able to be in the gym with you last year. Oh, you're exactly right, and and it's been funny because we've had some really great crowds of two, three hundred people in our stands so far this year. I mean, we we have. There have been games where we've packed it out, and it's just nice being back, you know, being able to get back out in front of folks instead of being everybody watching online. They can see us in person because we, we do have a good team. We do have some very talented players. Uh, we are getting better every single day. We are trying to make another run at a conference championship. We're trying to play for – put ourselves in a position to play for a national championship. And we want the folks to come out and see us. We want them to see good basketball. And, you know, that, that, that's really important to me. That's really important to our players. Uh, you know, so it is great to, for, for folks to be able to come out and see us in person again. And we want them we, – we want everybody in the community to come see us play. Speaking here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today with Winston Neal, um, Columbia State men's basketball coach. Coach, two years ago you guys were ready to go out to um, – Hutch and basically got pulled off the bus because of COVID. Last year, you lost to Southwest in the conference championship game. I mean, is is there a feeling of unfinished business within your program given the events of the last couple of years? Uh, I, want, I wouldn't say necessarily unfinished business. 
I, I would say, listen, there is a certain expectation that we have set in this program, and it's and it's been built over time. And I got to give my assistant coach Quan Dully a ton of credit, Larry Jones, my other assistant coach, a ton of credit. You know, we we have, and I've got to give the players, uh, the current players, the former players, a ton of credit. We have built this program up to the expectation is to compete for championships. That is, the, that is the goal, day in, day out. We talk about it consistently, about, listen, you know, what is our effort level? Is our effort level championship caliber effort level? You know, is our execution, is our defense, our rebounding, is it worthy enough to win a championship? Because that is the goal. Um, you know, obviously, losing last year, and it was actually in the semifinals, uh, you know, we had multiple opportunities with under five seconds to go to win the game. We didn't finish. Um, you know, that, that has been stressed this year multiple times that we are going to finish. Uh, we're going to make those plays. Uh, you know, it, it is, it is an expectation now, Maurice, that we play for championships, that we compete for championships. And I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, winning it kind of let us know, listen, we can do this. We're not just talking. This is something that we can do and we will build it. Uh, you know, technically speaking, we won the Western uh, Western Division last year. Uh, you know, we were ranked in the top 25. We had every opportunity. We didn't finish. We have to come back, focus on ourselves, get better to where, listen, we finish those plays and we leave no doubt. And if we leave no doubt and we do what we're supposed to do, we'll be hosting a trophy. Uh, now it's our job to, to, you know, tape up and go after it. Coach, you know, this is a this is a team that has a lot of expectation, as you said, and, and you have you have set that. How do you feel at this point? This team has met those expectations, or have they? Uh, to be very uh, no, to be very honest with you, it, it's it's been you start realizing that we've got we are as as many returners as we bring back, and we bring back a ton of guys. Uh, we are we we are still learning. We are still growing. We are playing guys that have not been starters before. Uh, guys that were, that, you know, had, you know, role player minutes last year are now starters. So, you know, there is an adjustment period. Uh, that being said, there have been moments where we have been absolutely fantastic. You don't go on the road and beat Vincennes at Vincennes for the first time in 49 years uh, if you aren't talented. Um, however, we have let a couple games slip that we should not have let slip. Um, but once again, that's part of the learning process. Now, we, we have been through a ton so far this year. And if you'd told me all the stuff we were going to go through and told me that we were going to be eight and two, uh, going into, you know, the, the final week of the first semester, uh, and five and one in conference, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. Um, you know, I've got to give the credit to a lot of all of our guys. You know, we have been through a lot. We have learned, we have grown. And we have still found a way to win some games that we probably shouldn't have won. Um, you know, so once again, I see progress. I see guys getting better. Um, that is one of the things I've been stressing this week is these next three games, we're not going to overlook anybody. We have to finish strong. We are, we're still building. We're building for the spring semester. We're hoping to get multiple guys back spring semester uh, that will just add to our depth, add to our talent level, add to our size, uh, our scoring ability. Um, you know, so we, we've got to continue to build, but right now I'm happy. Um, but I think there's a ton of room for growth because I, I see the talent. There are, there are times 
where we look absolutely amazing. We look like a team that can compete for not only for a conference championship, but for a national championship. And then there are times where I'm pulling my hair out and uh, there's some more gray ones coming in. So, you know, once again, that's part of coaching. That's part of learning. That's part of the growth process of a team. But right now I'm very happy, but we continue to still have to get better. We still have to build because you don't win championships in December. You win championships in March. And that's what we're building for. One of the things your your team does really well, you guys uh, hold your opponents to about 35% from the floor. Uh, you know, defensively, this team seems to, to have some, I guess, some tenacity, some intensity. Is that something that you, you know, that's something you really want to see out of this group? Uh, that is something that we, we preach on a daily basis is defense and rebounding. We want to be the best defensive team in the country. We want to be the best rebounding team in the country because if you if you can do those two things, you give yourself a chance to win every single night. Uh, defense and rebounding travel, no matter where you go, uh, whether it's out to you know Harriman, Tennessee, or Hutchinson, Kansas. Um, defense and rebounding travel. So if we want a chance to compete, we want a chance to win uh, championships. We have to be great defensively. Um, ironically, right now I, I feel like we are a step behind where we were last year. Now, keep in mind, we were a top-five defensive team last year in the country, uh, and that is pretty good. Uh, we were also the number one rebounding team in the country last year, and that is really good. Um, we aren't th- – this this team currently is not there yet. I do see sparks. I do see stuff it, that I say we can do it, but we're still learning how to be great defensively and how to be how to dominate on the glass. Once again, Coach Winston Neal of Columbia State Men's Basketball here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. They will be playing at Columbia Central High School tomorrow at 1 p.m. and again at Columbia Academy on Monday at 1 p.m. And I believe we will be doing our show from that Columbia Academy game, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be in the rafters for that one and looking forward to it. Coach, thanks for taking some time with us today. We appreciate it and looking forward to watching this team throughout the rest of the year. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. I look forward to uh, seeing you all on Monday. All right. Go Braves. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, fellas. (laughs) All right. When we come back, we got some college football to talk about. A lot of random stuff happened yesterday, (laughs) so some news to get to. Uh, We'll do that when we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day. Stick around with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. If it's not already, it will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. 
We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. The sports talk show you've always wanted. It's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. From preps to pros, live from the Lee Company Studio. With the Hall of Famer Mo Patton, here's Chris Yow. Oh, yeah. Doesn't get any better. Little Richard, it... What's up? Why, why are you going to mute me for me? Just turn me off. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Just, just punching buttons. He's muting you because you're talking over. Over Little, Little Richard. Richard. Shut up! Turn his mic off. He said shut up. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. Good golly, Mo. What a... Phenomenal show we've had. It's been a lot of fun. Talked to Brian Coleman, Winston Neal in that last segment. We've talked some high school hoops. We've had a ton of top stories to get to. We've got more top stories to get to. It's just going to – this is this has been a good show, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm looking forward to the remainder of it because we're going to talk a little bit of NHL off the top as apparently at 1 o'clock there was a press release uh, sent out by the Nashville Predators that Senior Vice President um, Gary Helper – Sorry, I almost said Jerry, but then I remembered he's probably from Canada. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Helper announced his retirement after 24 years in Nashville and 40 total years in the NHL. I guess that means he was here when they started. He was here <laughs> when they started. And, you know, he and, and Pete Weber were probably the, the first two fir- people hired. <laughs> Bingo. Literally. That's funny. I mean, I mean um, they were pretty much the front men for this franchise from the start and you know he he's been there all along and he says in this release not often is reality better than our dreams but i'm so grateful and appreciative to have lived and experienced a career that i couldn't possibly have dreamed of when i graduated from saint bonaventure and began this journey to begin working for my hometown team buffalo the national national hockey league office be part of two expansion franchises from day one Tampa Bay and Nashville, and the 2010 U.S. Olympic hockey team has given me a lifetime of memories and friendships that I will forever treasure. Uh, My family and I will always be fans and look forward to watching the Predators franchise grow on the ice and continue to contribute to making the community a better place through the work of the Nashville Predators Foundation. So um, he currently works with the foundation. See what is his exact title? Well, senior vice president and senior advisor. Well, before I realized 
and I guess I just skipped over it. I thought it said senior vice president advisor helper. So I thought his title was helper. <laughs> and I was like, what? What does that even mean? But now I know the rest of the story. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's some good news out of the NHL. Some more semi good news after, that comes after some bad news. The Arizona Coyotes are caught up on their bills. <laughs> Okay. Were you aware that they owed $1.3 million in taxes and the Glendale City Manager sent a letter to the Coyotes saying, we're going to lock you out of the Gila Arena, Gila oh, River Arena. Oh, goodness. Gila. Gila River Arena if you don't pay. Oh, goodness. Yes. Wouldn't that be some? Well, they paid today. <laughs> so... Clearly, they had the money. So there was getting ready to be a literal lockout. (laughs) Yeah. The the couch. A for real, for real lockout. Yeah. Like, like you can't get in. Uh, they they issued a statement Wednesday, the Coyotes did, saying the unpaid bills were an unfortunate human error and they would rectify the situation quickly. Yeah. We didn't want to pay you, but. It's a a human error. Yeah. We, We didn't write the check. Yeah. Um, hmm. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) At least they won't have to worry about it, though. So, anyway, I just thought that was unique. It it is. That's that's unheard of in a professional. Well, it it, it sounds like something from the old ABA or something like that, you know. It it certainly sounds like something you would have heard from an arena football team. And there's, I mean, just that just is what it is. I've I've heard it so many times. I mean, indoor football teams don't pay their bills more times than not. So <laughs> there's that. All right, let's get into some college football because apparently there were some meetings about the college football playoff and expansion recently, at some point, and nobody can agree on anything. I mean, nobody. I don't know if it's going to be four teams, eight teams, twelve teams, no teams. I I don't know at this. Oh, it's point. going to be some teams. I just, I mean, they're not going to get everyone to agree on everything. But one would think that, and I guess the number of teams is the number one thing. That's that's the. That's the one thing you've got to get right. Everybody's got to agree that we've we've got to I don't know that everybody is going to agree on the number of teams even. Though. Well, they will at least vote to approve it. Well, yeah. At some point, I mean, they're going to they're going to come to a decision. Well, yeah, but there's a difference in coming to a decision and coming to an agreement. Well, that's yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> I, I don't Because at some point somebody's going to have to say this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do this. And not everybody's going to like it. When is this contract up? Is it 2024? I believe so. So we've got three years remaining on this four-team playoff. And from there, where do they go? Where should they go? Because you you were mentioning yesterday how how, you know, how – the more you think about it, the more 12 teams. I think 12 makes sense. 
because that allows you to incentivize a top four finish. It also allows you your group of five entrants so that they don't feel so snubbed. You know, it, it allows it allows Notre Dame, even though they're not in a conference and shouldn't be. And BYU, who also not in a conference and probably would have been in the playoffs this year otherwise. Well, they're about to be, though. Well, that's true. They're moving to the Big 12. But they would have been. I'm saying if, if there were a 12. Mm-hmm. They would have been in the top 12, yeah. Probably. So, I, I think 12 – I think 12 is the most equitable for the most programs. And the incent, the incentive. Incentivization. Yes. And uh, the incentive to be a four, top four team with sure, the, with the, buy. the buy mm-hmm. is huge. Um, yeah. Well, and I don't know. I, look, there's a tweet from Stuart Mandel that <laughs> I don't know if this is just him being goofy or what. Because, I, I mean, obviously it's. It could be. See, he's saying 26. Maybe we wait till 26. I don't know. Anyway, the ACC wants eight. SEC will only do four or 12. Big 10, Pac-12 want AQs for the Power Five and one for the Group of Five. Group of Five says, heck no. (laughs) Mountain West is like, can we just get this done by January? And the ACC is like, eh, there's not really any rush. To which the Pac-12 says, maybe we just wait till 26 and start over, huh? Uh (laughs) I'm sure the ACC is in no rush. No, they're not. It's not like they're affected by any of this. So, I mean, where do you go from here? What If nobody can agree, are we going to end up with four teams just because that's what's already there and this argument that we've been having? Because a lot of the argument is we don't want to go to 12 because what if that's too many and and what we can't put the genie back in the bottle? I don't think there's any truth to the fact that you can't put the genie back in the bottle, but I don't know how 12 is too many. I mean, what's the scenario under which 12 is too many? Well, say we say you move to eight, right? You have eight teams. And one of the top four teams wins it every year. Well, maybe eight's too many. See, and I guess that's the thought process. But I mean, let's be honest here. But but it's not about who wins. It's about who has the opportunity. Who can play? Yeah. Who gets a chance to play and to get that money? It's all about the money. Well, it's all about so, the money. So that but. doesn't matter if one of those top four teams wins every year. If there were 64 teams and one of those top four teams wins every year, it doesn't matter, in my opinion. I, it's all about I agree. the amount I'm of just, teams that can get in. I mean, you look – here are the brands. Five is Notre Dame, okay? Mm-hmm. Six is Ohio State, all right? Then you got Baylor and Ole Miss. Good, but not traditional national brands. Oklahoma State, then Michigan State. And then you got Utah and Pitt, 11 and 12. Right behind them is BYU and Oregon. And then if you go to 16, Iowa's 15, Oklahoma is 16. You're not going to 16. 
No, I don't think so either. But 16, to, 16 is too many. I, I think 16 is too many. I think 12 well, is I the perfect. That's what they, I think 12 is perfect because – 16 is what they have in the FCS. I, I think 12 is perfect because you've got the buys for the top mm-hmm. four. Uh, well, I mean, in the FCS, you have buys for the top eight. I think they have – is it 24 teams? It is 24. It's a lot. It is. And – one or two teams win every year. <laughs> One, two, or three, or four seed every year. <laughs> but but they have some, you know, those first couple of rounds. There may be an upset here. There, oh, there, there which, definitely are. When which Martin, is just like March Madness. I mean, yeah. You know. I I just think that the opportunity. I mean, we can't guarantee you that a twelve seed is going to win, but we can give a twelve seed a chance to play for a national championship. And what we the, should. what they do with it is. On them, just like Cincinnati getting the four seed this year, they're they're going to get drilled, but they had the shot. I mean, we can't play the game for them. That's right. Well, I you know I just thought that was an interesting, uh, you know we we had, we'd heard a couple of times that there was zero chance that there was going to be expansion. Then it got to where it felt like twelve was a all but a done deal, done deal. Mm-hmm. and then it went back to well, until the Oklahoma Texas news and everybody else uh, banded together against the SEC because mm-hmm. of that. Well, you know, in in truth and reality, geez, Mo, just break it. It's paid for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in in truth and reality, you've got. I, I'm not necessarily against the idea of the SEC versus the field. In a national championship game, we'll just play the SEC as as it is, and then you guys give us a team and match us up, and we'll see what happens. Good luck. <laughs> I mean, it's what it is anyway. Essentially, give give us four SEC teams and eight of everybody else, and and we'll see if we can get two to the finals. I mean, it's. I guess that's that's what they're scared of. That's what this. The SEC wants twelve teams because the more get the more in. opportunities, mm-hmm. the more teams they're going to get. Sure, in. they're going to get three in out of twelve at least every year. What's it look like? Am I not wrong? Right. I mean, well, Miss? this year you've got Alabama, Georgia already in, and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss. So you would get three in the top twelve. Jeez, could you imagine Ole Miss going to the college football playoff? <laughs> at least it wouldn't be a home game. Thank goodness we've. Can you imagine somebody having to come to the Grove in mm. a postseason situation? Yep. Would like they that? play Baylor in that situation? Uh, no, they would host Oklahoma State. So they would. They yeah, as the eight seed, assuming would, first four get a bye, and you know are, are twelve those, travels to so five. So those, those first round games are going to be home games then. Yes, I would they think would so. Be at home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in in that scenario, real quickly, Pittsburgh at Notre Dame. It would be Utah. Ooh, be that would be fun. Utah at Ohio State. Not a bad one either. Michigan State at Baylor, and then Oklahoma State at Ole Miss. Give me twelve teams this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, the New Year. If those were the New Year six matchups, I'd watch every one of those. Every one of them. Gundy versus Kiffin. Are you kidding me? Please. I'm here for that. I, 
That's why, again, as we said yesterday with the bowl games, no or Monday, no such thing as too much college football. No. Especially when you're talking about the top 15 teams in the country. And if there is, don't watch. These guys are essentially professionals anyway. Why are why are we trying to coddle them like they're not? Why are we trying to pretend like they're not? Because we're at, at some point, at some point, the NCAA has to think, has to stop pretending, right? Good luck with that. We'll talk about some of their NIL issues. Apparently, there's a report out detailing some potential concerns concerns in the name image and likeness so stick around we'll talk about it on the other side of the break right here on southern middle tennessee sports today mid-tennessee bone and joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Festop Markets is a full-service, family-owned convenience store chain located in 14 locations throughout Middle and West Tennessee. For those in our listing area, you can find them in Columbia, Centerville, Lawrenceburg, Spring Hill, Dixon, and White Bluff. Fast Stop partners with wholesale fuel brands like Shell, Marathon, and Exxon, delivering a consistent customer experience that is fast, friendly, and clean. It's not already. It will soon become your go-to store to shop in town or on the road. Fast Stop Markets is proud to be keeping you moving in Tennessee. Keep your home as comfortable as possible. If you have any issues with your air conditioner, electrical, or plumbing systems, call Lee Company. Our techs use visual findings and other technology tools to add transparency and clarity. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on the roof. We're here 24-7, so if you need us, call us. Lee Company, call 931-548-4448 today or schedule your appointment at LeeCompany.com. That's LeeCompany.com. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Sports talk like it used to be. You know, like your crazy uncle used to listen to. Only better. Here's Chris and Mo. Welcome back in Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Valleys are low. Mo, the college football landscape changed drastically when the NIL went into effect. One of the positives coming out of that, EA Sports planning to launch its college football video game in the summer of 2023. That's that's the hope, they say. The hope. 2023. And EA Sports College Football. Oof. 
probably the biggest money maker that that or that that company had for many many years. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. They will be play. They will be able to pay the players for their name, image, and likeness to use them. They may or may not. They may decide. You know, we'll just use randomly generated players, but I can't imagine that's going to be the case. But Tim Shepard, a Big 12 reporter, says one of his sources has A&M, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Florida among the first schools undergoing investigation due to NIL rules being broken, supposedly. I don't even know what the rules are. What, what, what would the rule be that they broke? I wonder. I guess the only thing is the school cannot facilitate, facilitate a deal. I mean, what I would do is I would have some of my PR and marketing students hooked up with the football players to facilitate those deals. And then you've got... You know, you've got two students getting some real-world experience. Be interesting. I'm just, I mean, is every school going to be investigated at some point? Hmm. I think that whatever the rules are, the NCAA is probably going to be exceptionally vigilant regarding them since since they've been given such leeway with NIL. I mean, you you guys are printing money as it is. I mean, why, why can't you do what you need to do within the framework of what's legal? Yeah. Darren Heitner, who is per his Twitter bio, sports entertainment and IP lawyer at Heitner Legal and teaches sports law at the University of Florida. He's an NIL advocate. He owns a sports agent blog and wrote a book. And apparently he's not much of a Tim Shepard fan. If you looked at this? Hope you have more than one source. After reading your tweets, I'm wondering why I even replied. So, so yeah, so we got folks beefing regarding this report, apparently. I mean, I feel like Heitner would probably know if if Florida was being investigated. I assume Florida would be like, hey, dude, you're a NIL lawyer. <laughs> we got some things going on. I, I don't know. I mean it's all new territory for everybody, including the NCAA, right? I mean, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And and to me, that's why it's a little odd to me. And what again, are they investigating? We don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not a negative investigation. Maybe I, I just, we don't know anything as it pertains to NIL at this point. I'm, I'm curious how... You know how this is going to affect these deals. I mean, 
Well, I mean, just because, like you said, just because there's an investigation going on doesn't mean anything's going to come out of it. There's that. But I'm also afraid that the NCAA starts poking around everywhere that companies are going to be less open to the idea why the companies aren't under ncaa but if you are a fan of that team and you don't want ncaa you know sanctions against your team maybe you're at least maybe you're more careful or maybe you're like this isn't worth the trouble that it could potentially cause right and maybe that's what the ncaa is trying to get to Make it so frustrating for both the player and the school. All they're gonna all they're gonna end up doing is forcing the Power Five to create a whole new division to break off from the NCAA. They, I mean, they just keep pushing them away. It's like they're they're taking a pair of scissors and they're just like slowly cutting off their nose in spite of their face and they still don't see it I don't know how you don't see it it's not the only thing going on in the world of NCAA football oversight apparently Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said the oversight committee has discussed eliminating the early signing period or moving it back to January which we've been saying for a while Again, I think the easiest way to fix this is you're not allowed to sign in December if you're not enrolling in January. If you sign early, you have to enroll. Otherwise, you have to wait. Now, what's 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 your issue with early signing? I'm not I'm I don't have an issue with it. I'm saying if there is an issue, that's how you fix it. I'm a I'm a fan of the other one. I'm a fan of what the guy said yesterday, and that's put in the February deadline, but they can sign anytime they want to. Here's something I heard today, um, Rick Neuheisel. You know. Oh yeah. Um, we're we're familiar. Yes. Um, he uh, he has a daily uh, talk show on on satellite radio, but but his thoughts today on the early signing period was to move that up to middle of August, before the season. Before the season, okay. Get them those that want to sign early that already know. You know, no more recruiting. Get them in. Let me play my senior season without having to deal exactly. with stuff. And uh-huh. then because now with the portal, the transfer portal. Right now is when these football coaches need to be doing exit interviews, trying to figure out who's staying, who's going on their roster, much less worry about who's coming in. And and then you keep the February signing day and then but only open the portal from like Thanksgiving to to New Year's. The only issue that I would have with an August signing period pre senior year is uh, let's take Jake McNamara, for instance. Jake McNamara would have signed with Colorado State in August. Yep. That, that's, that's, that's a problem. Yeah. How about this? Well, if, How if about it's high not, school players opting out? 
I, I think if it's if it's that early, they may not. They may wait. I mean, it depends on the situation. It depends on what the school. Well, I, I mean, let's let's look at that situation. This was Adazio's second season, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are the odds? Of getting him getting fired. fired after two years. Very low. And Very so low. who's considering that? Yeah. So Jake McNamara's thinking, I'm going to go ahead and lock in, not have to deal with this, and get ready to go in January. Well, wouldn't you think that there should be a clause that if if the coach is not there that recruited you, you have the opportunity to withdraw that? Well, I mean, there's not been one at any point in the last 20 years. I don't know why they'd put one in now. Well, I, well, not many coaches getting fired in February, but understand the point. Or in August. Well, his point was, you know, they, they haven't had a clause for you to yeah. opt out because in February, coaches aren't getting fired. They're fired between December and February. They're being fired right now. Right. Yeah. So That early signing period. And I'll, I mean, I think, I think the early signing period is, is a good idea, especially for those who want to enroll early. But again, let's limit it to those people. And I think that's a good compromise for both sides. We can still have it, but they've got to enroll early. Seems like again, it's it seems like a fair compromise to me. As far as Captain Chaos is concerned, with fairness, <laughs> I think there's about it is good news though that the oversight committee is at least acknowledging this and open to potentially adjusting, um, being willing to address something that needs to change. Because when this was when this came into play, there was no transfer portal. And that has completely changed recruiting. It has. Completely changed recruiting. More so than the early signing day. The transfer portal has completely changed it. Because now you're not only focused on high school recruits, you're focused on college athletes. Yep. And and you're holding spots. Yeah. Trying to balance the two. guys just to make sure that you aren't full in case somebody comes yeah. out into the, the portal. It's a constant game of chance. I don't envy these college coaches outside of their paychecks. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, they're and they're getting paid, you know, heftily for these challenges. So I don't feel bad for them, but it's it's a difficult position. You know, at least at least the I guess the 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 money's going up with the challenges, right? Yeah. In most places. I mean, that's what they say that your <laughs> your your paycheck should adequately resemble your yeah. stress level don't don't like that then go coach at a smaller school that pays less <laughs> less stress uh, I mean, uh, that's what some could say dennis dodd tweeted that mark emmert said the ncaa is investigating a number of schools for nil violations that was tweeted yesterday um i don't do they even have to cooperate with the ncaa on this stuff like I mean, it's a private contract between two private and a private individual and a private company. Do I they? don't know what they have to do, but I know what the folks at Oklahoma State would tell you. <laughs> There's no do not cooperate. Don't if if they find it, they find it. Don't help them with 
anything. <laughs> yeah. They really screwed the pooch on that. Yeah. When, I mean, the NCAA, they just absolutely screwed the pooch on that, man. Well, you know, college football is an ever-revolving door of goofiness, especially at this level. At the FBS level, the Power 5 level, it just gets nuts. And it's only going to get crazier. Everything with NIL is new. The The college football playoff is technically new. I mean, we had a 10-year contract to do what we're doing, but certainly seems like everything is changing. And the more things change, the more they stay the same, I guess. But Because the NCAA isn't keeping their nose out of it. Well, that's their job. How much time we got? A minute. What you got? Um, Brentwood Academy graduate, former Vanderbilt player Mike McIntyre has been named new football coach at Florida International, replacing Butch Davis. Spent the last two years as defensive coordinator at Memphis, previously head coach at San Jose State and at Colorado, both of which places he won National Head Coach of the Year awards. He's also National Assistant Coach of the Year at Duke back in 09 so um, son of former Vanderbilt coach George McIntyre back at it that's going to do it for your Thursday edition come back tomorrow it's Friday and the weekend for Mo Patton and JP Plant I'm Chris Yao saying have a great day stay cool Columbia <laughs>